This episode of Love Madden, the podcast, is brought to you by our friends at Tap Tap Send, the fast and easy way to send money across the world, now operating in Ethiopia. I recently used it and the money was transferred almost instantly with no fees. Try it for yourself. Download the app Tap Tap Send in your app store and then use the promo code Love Madden to get 10 extra US dollars to send to your family or friends back home. Talking with Girlfriends is our therapy, our entertainment, and our education. Join hosts Madden Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels for some good and healthy girl talk. Get comfortable and ready to take some notes because there's always a gem. This season, we are digging into radical self-love through the 12 principles of healing through hospitality. Welcome to Love Madden, the podcast. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. I was trying to think of like a different way to start because it sounds exactly the same every time. But Open. I mean, that's who we are. I think it's girl. brand consistency. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, we'd be like, <laughs> hey, girl. I mean, hey. when I call you on the phone, I don't be like, hey, girl. Hey. I'd yeah, be that's like, exactly what you say. Yo. Sorry. I like the hey, girl. Hey, but I feel like we go. Hey girl, hey, and then hey girl, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It'd be the same. Well, you never know. <laughs> Shit, I might come. Oh, sorry, I might come later one day Terrible. and be like, things ain't going um, that well. I was trying to <laughs> no, think of I some way it. to jazz it up, and then I fell right back into my normal. <laughs> so here we are. Um. All right, let's go ahead and dive right. In love it or leave yes, it. Yes, love it or leave it. Let's start with you this week. What are you loving like or leaving? Every time, every week, I'm loving something. So I need to start thinking of some stuff that I'm leaving because I be complaining. Like between episodes, I have so much to complain about. And then when I get here, I'm like, damn, what was I complaining <laughs> about last week? Um, I also feel like everything that we're loving is like free promo. I'm always yeah, loving Yeah, keep these. that keep it real general, <laughs> not brand specific. General. Last week I said slides. I mean, you I did, did tell y'all say, what slides you, you I said got. I but... <laughs> okay, well, it's going to be a brand, whatever. They don't need my help, but I, Southwest Airlines, I am I have mm. brand loyalty to them. Yes. And I those two free bags. I know. And I've been, that I've been alone. reading um, Start With Why by Simon. What's that man's name? No, no, no. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> Simon I know. That's the publishing. the publishing company. I know. Um, I know. Hold on. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Um, Start With Why by, what's this man's name? I have it right here, but I don't see his name. Oh, Simon <laughs> Sinek. <laughs> And oh, I close. knew I knew that's what it was, <laughs> but I I thought I was wrong. Um, yeah, Simon Sinek, start with why. And in the book, which it's a little bit dated, he just he talks about how Southwest is the number one most profitable airline of all time, mm. and they're not the most mm. expensive. Um, I've been as right. we're getting ready to ramp up and open um, Love Goods Company, I have been just ingesting a lot more about like. Um, customer service and brand loyalty mm-hmm. and solving a problem yeah. for people and what I can provide. And I realized that Southwest does that for me. Like they stick to their values. They're funny. Most of the time they're nice. I have had a flight attendant or two with a little bit of an attitude though. 
Yeah, we all, we all have, have our, our days. days. We're human. Um, but recently, I so you know, like most of you, I hadn't flown anywhere for a year and a half, and then these last six months, mm-hmm. I've just been back at it, and um, they they're just so flexible and so gracious. Yes, I've had to make some yes, changes yes. with different things going on, and um, yeah, I love them. Plus the two free bags. So I was um, working yeah. with somebody on some travel that I have coming up. And I was just like really insistent about wanting to fly Southwest. Southwest. I was like, is that all possible? And I know there's. They're like, ma'am, you don't want this no, first class on Delta. That, now you know. No, no, I know. And Southwest doesn't even have class, like first class, which is why, I'm no, like, I why do I like it so much? But I just love it. There are certain brands that I'm loyal to. Like I also, I always know like a Marriott, I'm going to get a nice or even part of that family of hotels or like a Kempton, like, you know, you kind of know what to expect Mm -hmm. with some brands. So maybe it's not just Southwest. Maybe what I'm loving is brands that get it right. Maybe that's what I'm loving. Yeah. I mean, shoot, most of us would agree right on along with you. I will also say if you are um, a Rapid Rewards Mm -hmm. member, to make sure that you're um, looking at like the email, promotional emails that they send, if you are not subscribed, subscribe to them because I got this really great deal where if you flew like within maybe a period of two months, if you completed one round trip flight and you signed up, you had to sign up for the promotion and you signed up for the promotion, you earned a free companion pass to use in like a 45 day. Was it a credit card promotion? No, it was not. It was not attached to no credit card or anything. It was just a promotion that they sent out. And um, the agent was saying that they do a lot of these promotions and most people don't take advantage of them because I think most people aren't reading Mm -hmm. their email like that. Um, So, again, that was basically two for one. Two people fly for the price of one with that companion pass. And I took advantage of it. I know when you called me about the companion pass thing, Lou was like, dang, she must be flying a lot or she must I got that credit card to get the mm-hmm. companion pass. And I was going to ask you, how'd you get it? But I couldn't go. So I didn't ask. I was like, it's not my business. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a free promotion. So, um, and I think I could, yeah, use the companion pass for 45 days. So I tried to jam two trips Dang. into that. Cause I was going to take oh, advantage yeah, that's of right. it. Can so, you yeah. believe we're almost at, but not almost it's the end of February. March is here. <laughs> what is happening? Don't, you say this. Every, I know. Go ahead, I was, say it. Time no, is, I don't even know what I was going to say. The older we get. Oh, that's not what I was going to say. That, but it is. That's what I was thinking, but that's not what I was going to yeah. say. I just don't know how did we get here so fast. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> All right. What are you loving or leaving this week? Well, we're winding down the winter, Thanks. moving into ah, spring. The days are longer. The sun is shining. Yes. Yes, yes. And so one thing that I think is a good transitional piece um, that takes us from winter to spring is a good sweatsuit. Uh, I have been loving a good sweatshirt with some sweatpants. Maybe it's the pandemic and now I don't really like to wear, you know, form fitting pants anymore. I'm actually smaller than I was when I the pandemic started, but I still don't like to wear pants that feel mm-hmm. constricting. Um, so yeah, I'm loving sweatsuits. And you can just throw it on with some cute little tennis shoes, or you could dress it up, you know, and go about I'm your day. I'm 100% so. with you on that. I'm really loving like coordinates. Like I'm loving, se- I'm loving sets. 
I am here for a set, child. I'm definitely pajama sets, you name it. Like I'm yeah. feeling very coordinated in 2022. <laughs> but then, I mean, you and you can, you know, use your set pieces separately. But um, sometimes I feel like, oh, do I really need to get this? Because I can, I'm only going to wear it together. But, you yeah, know, I wore this really cute sweatsuit from I said, we said we weren't going to do brands, okay. but it was from mm-hmm. Old Navy. Really? And I got so many compliments on it because it was, it's like a tie dye mm-hmm. print. And I wore it with like this cute little um, citron jacket Ooh, to give it like pop. a little extra pop. I was getting, yeah, I was getting looks from the oh, women and the men. And I wasn't even, I mean, again, <laughs> it's a sweatsuit. It was just a sweatsuit. I love that. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Old Navy. Huh. You don't say. I ain't been in the Old Navy in. Don't I'm sleep. Asleep. On Old Navy. I have not been in the Old Navy in like 20 years. <laughs> so let me tell y'all. Um, I went in there to get the Santa. This no, this mm-hmm. was months ago when I bought the sweatsuit. But I went in there to get the black Santa uh, mm-hmm. pajama pants. And that's when I saw oh. the sweatsuit. So I don't go in there often. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, I mean. And I have also worn jeans from Old Navy that I really like. You liked. know what? So, yeah. I did. I did. You know what? You're right. I ordered them online, so I didn't think about mm-hmm. it. Some blogger was talking about the rock star jeans. Or- yeah, that's Them my things. Favorite. I was really pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised. I was able to mm-hmm. tuck this fupa right on in. <laughs> and then they had like the regular ones or you can get it the rock star with right. rips. Like, I, they did, got I definitely did order those. Want. Rock star, and I think if you're a hippie, mm-hmm. if you're bootylicious, all the things they work, thick, thick thighs, thighs, they work, they work. Hmm. All right, old navy, it's a little little promo oh. for y'all. <laughs> all I know is old navy does have a choke code on uh, the fourth of July. Like I be seeing more families with their matching t-shirts on, <laughs> even though I'm absolutely uh, off the fourth of July. Mm, I'm done with right. It. Do, Do we, we really? Oh, I was what. I was going to take us into something else. I was going to say, do we really need to be celebrating America? But then that also goes back to celebrating Juneteenth. Yeah. Celebrate all the Hmm. things, you know, celebrate the celebrations. But yeah, the the stars and stripes aren't necessarily for me. Um, All right. Now it is time to set the table. Um, We are on the fourth principle of the healing through hospitality framework. And episode number four is aligned with principle number four, which is name your fears. Now, you know, we have talked about fear in the past, comes up almost in different iterations on almost every other episode because it's such a big part of, um, you know, our healing process. Um, But this Mm -hmm. episode is specifically about naming your fears. So learning about them instead of avoiding them, Um, redefining what if, and we're going to talk about what that means in a little bit. Uh, We want to dig into really rational and reality-based thinking. And we talked some about grounding um, in the last episode. We touched on this kind of being in touch with reality and being in the present moment and not so far in the future. But a big part of that is like calling a thing a thing, really digging in deeper um, to what you're what your fears are all about. So I think there's a difference between acknowledging our fears and really addressing um, our fears. Mm. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So with that being said, let's dig in. Dig in. (laughs) Yum, 
me. All right. So what does naming your fears look like in practical terms? It's literally um, back to this method that I talk about a lot. It's the asking yourself Mm -hmm. why three times. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel this way? And then you'll give yourself a surface answer. Okay, why do I feel that way? You'll give yourself a little bit of a deep, deeper answer. And typically by the time you get to the third why, it's a fear-based response based on a previous trauma or experience. So in a practical term, naming your fears means digging in beyond your surface answer to get to the root mm-hmm. of why it is that you are afraid. And of course, there are layers of different types of fears. There are phobias, there are rational fears, there are irrational fears. So not all of them are um, trauma-based, but there is some input, right, that tells our body to be afraid. So there's something that happened along the course of our lives that says, this is a fear that we have, whether it's something that we experienced or something that we were taught or told. Um, So the practical sort of terms for naming your fears is digging into what you're scared of and why you're scared of it. Yeah. Right. All right. So what role, we're going to dive right on into the conversation. What role has naming your fears played in this journey to healing that you're on right now? It has allowed me to heal. I think naming your fears is really a gateway to healing. Um, You know, for me, when I have avoided my fears or tried to deny them, Mm -hmm. it has always kept me stuck Mm -hmm. or um, down and depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, you know, it's important to name them. So answering your question, acknowledging my fears and actually just writing them down or even if I'm honest with you, screaming them out at some point um, have really helped me work through what it looks like to just trust God, honestly. Mm. Trust that if I do my part, he'll handle the rest, whatever, in you know, in whatever life situation um, I'm dealing with at the time. So it's really important to, yeah, to to name, acknowledge, and um, begin to work through your fears to ultimately get to the other side of And so many of us are taught kind of like den- like denial. Like we see that happen in our mm-hmm. families. We see our, you know, elders to model that, like don't talk about it, don't worry about it. And um, we take that on into how we sort of express ourselves in um, our lives as adults. So then as adults, um, we feel even shame around Mm -hmm. having fears, which is a very natural part of, you know, life. Um, Right. I think it's important what you said about trusting God, but it's almost like the way we're taught to trust God is not to think about it and just to give it to him. Mm -hmm. But I think in order to trust God, you have to first acknowledge to yourself what you're feeling. Otherwise, what are you trusting him with? Yes. So, yeah, that... And I think that's one thing that, you know, when we talk about faith mm-hmm. without works mm-hmm. is dead. I think that's part of mm. the work, like acknowledging where you feel like, you know, God may not mm-hmm. show up or, you know, where you feel inadequate or whatever those things are. I think 
the part of that work is naming the fears and God will meet you wherever, you know, he needs to meet. Exactly. So this naming your fears, as you guys know, this goes back to the gathering guides, but this actually even predates Love Madden. This is something that um, Mm -hmm. Tanil and I employed when we were doing our um, citrus and sugar project, which was, you know, two years that we focused on healing. But the whole idea is when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Um, and so mm-hmm. we spent a couple of years um, hosting a podcast, planning retreats, and just doing work in this area. Um, and all of our retreats and gatherings um, began with this exercise of naming your fears, going through the yeah. why. Um, three times until you got to your core fear. And we had kind of um, whittled down all of these different fears that people have to five main categories of fear. Um, And I can share those in the show notes. I don't want to try to recite them and get them wrong, but we all have sort of some basic, um, you know, core fears that all of these other fears stem out of. So like Fear of loss or death was one of them that um, mm-hmm. that I remember. Or uh, fear of intimacy is uh, another one. So um, for those of us who might have abandonment issues, um, yeah. and it really affects how we behave and how we show up. Do you shut people down? Do you cut people off before they can cut you off? Like all of those things kind mm-hmm. of stem out of um, fear. And I think if we just say, oh, this is just how I am. Like sometimes we have a rough idea. Well, I do this to protect myself or you ain't going blah, blah, blah me. But if you really get into the deeper piece of it, you'll realize that it's a fear and you're trying to protect um, yourself. You're, as they say, your nine-year-old self. That's what it all comes back to, protecting Mm. where you were at the age of nine. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Where was I at nine? What were you going through? I guess that's the kind of like the um, awakening, you know, when you go from child to Mm -hmm. sort of prepubescent, like whatever happens to you around that age. Prepubescent. I don't even know what you just said. You haven't heard that terminology? Prepubescent? Aren't you? uh, You're public health just like me. You were like health informatics, Mm -hmm. so maybe you didn't get into the... I was health policy and management. Didn't, but don't you no, have an undergraduate not, degree in information systems? I do have. I do, but right. I do. Okay. That's, what, do. that's where I was going with it. Pretty oh. <laughs> All right. I had never heard the word before. That's fine. <laughs> but you're biology, biology. too. So, so it's it behavioral been. health yeah. and all that So stuff. anyway, before yeah. you get to puberty. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the slow people in the back of the class. You go. <laughs> I mean, I knew what yeah, I knew what, it, what you meant. It was, it was getting I, a little yeah. too technical for the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, you're going from being a carefree kid to really starting to notice um, your feelings and emotions, and mm-hmm. noticing that this mm-hmm. bubble of you know cartoony, glittery rainbows and whatever world you're living mm-hmm. in is not what it is. For some children, unfortunately, that happens sooner. Um, right. you know, because of their circumstances, but we're trying to protect that child. All of us are trying to protect our child, mm-hmm. that child. So how we show up as adults really has everything to do with, um, what we experienced and what we yeah. feared as children and how we show up as parents. I always say this is so important as coaches, mentors, teachers, cause mm-hmm. we're literally are the inputs for, Shaping. yes, for their yeah. future. So yeah. Mm. All right. 
tell me a personal mm-hmm. lesson that you've learned as it relates to your fears and getting better acquainted with them. I have learned that by not trying to address my fears, I make them bigger. So by mm-hmm. not looking under the bed, you make the monster bigger. You give him more teeth and claws and 10 eyes and you're so creeped out by being in the dark. Mm -hmm. But if you would just lift up the comforter and look down under your bed, you'll realize that there's nothing there. Or maybe the sound Mm -hmm. you heard was something else, you know, down there. So by focusing on trying to avoid it, we allow our imagination to take hold and make it bigger. Let's say you have a lump or you have um, something different that you notice on your body. By avoiding, you know, not going in to find out what's going on with your body, you, number one, can give that time, that thing time to get worse if it is something that is, right. you know, um, of any potential danger to you. But you allow your mind to turn it into something that could be way bigger than um, what it is. So that catastrophic thinking really can take hold when you try to ignore the thing that you're afraid of. When When you square your shoulders and look at it dead on, it helps to declaw it. It makes it not as scary as you thought that it was. And you can focus more on reality based thinking than um, sort of irrational worst case scenario thinking, which I think many of us do. Yeah, I think for me, and I've recently learned this lesson, is to acknowledge and name the fear right in the moment. Um, And sometimes things that are going on in other people's lives can um, trigger Mm -hmm. fears that we have. And um, what I've learned is that- Like if you've noticed that- your friend had a loss and that makes you like something like that. Okay. Yeah. So just to put it in like real Mm -hmm. plain terms, you know, I'm going through my own fertility Mm -hmm. journey. And when I hear stories of people Mm. close to me who, you know, are going through pregnancies or their own fertility journeys and they hit um, Mm -hmm. obstacles or challenges that Mm -hmm. triggers Mm -hmm. me. That's real. Um, And I've had to, nip it in the bud, like right mm. in the moment. Like I've had times where in that moment mm. I've cried and then just outwardly named what I was feeling mm-hmm. in that moment and how it related mm-hmm. to me. And then I had to bring it back to everybody has their mm-hmm. own story. Acknowledge the fear because yes. it is there, right? Because these are things that mm-hmm. could happen to you, but just because they happen to someone else doesn't mean that they'll happen to you and you don't need to spend your time in your mind thinking about all the things that could happen. No, that's really, that's real. I think another way that it shows up that's very similar to that is sometimes when you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's a friend or a significant Mm -hmm. other, you can put into your mind what you think that that other person Mm. is thinking based on your own stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you are dating a guy and y'all are texting back and forth and then he's quiet for a period of time, you Mm -hmm. could be thinking like, he doesn't want to talk to me. He's talking to somebody else. Talk, what you know, whatever mm-hmm. other stuff and going down the, down rabbit, the rabbit hole. hole. Just because John John did it. <laughs> exactly. it's, like. <laughs> it's like you cannot, you know, we have our own experiences that we've been through. And so we learn from them and we do protect ourselves. But there is a level of um projection that's based in our fears that happen by not naming them. If you pause and say, 
you know, why am I, why am I projecting onto this person? Instead of always blaming him, stop and think about what's going on with yourself. Like, am I so afraid that he's talking to somebody else because what? I feel inadequate. Um, my self-confidence isn't where it needs to be. Maybe I wasn't affirmed in, in some other way. By naming what the fear really is or um, uh, abandonment issues, that's very real for many people. I feel like by naming the fear, then you can start to address that fear so you don't go through this yes. cycle because- yeah, you cut him off. It happens with the next person. It happens with your girlfriends, your coworkers, mm-hmm. whatever. So, um, naming our fear is really a key to healing. And in the sense of like yes. the gatherings, um, the love matting gatherings, whether you're hosting in your home or even the retreats and the larger events that we have, starting with the fear up front um, and really being vulnerable up front allows you to dig into the work for the remainder of the time. What we realize is when we try to warm up and ice break and do all this stuff and build up to vulnerability, um, we, we don't have the time to build those relationships. You're like, just, just wrap, oh, um, yes. rip the band-aid like off. If we're having a three-day <laughs> retreat or if even if we're having a love Madden <laughs> gathering, um, we got to we gotta put it on the microwave real quick to defrost before we can start. We don't have time to be preheating or to get into these super deep and vulnerable spaces. But it actually works out great because a lot of times people don't know each other that well. So they feel more comfortable sort of, you know, um, diving they right open, in. Because they're like, people don't know Whatever. me. Sometimes so. it's harder to be vulnerable with the people that we have taken the time to preheat mm-hmm. and get to know. Um, it can be a little bit scarier. And then the beautiful part of that is if you're trying to host gatherings at home, is you end off on a sweeter note and on a sweeter finish. You get your ugly cries out the way at the beginning. You talk about your fears. You go through some of the prompts and exercises. And 10 times out of 10, we always... Um, leave those events feeling lighter. And with the Love Madden gatherings, we do those things, you know, if you're hosting in your home, like on a monthly basis. So over time, Mm -hmm. you can start to build that muscle. But um, there is some value in naming your fears for yourself right away. And when you get into those situations where you are in a healing circle, starting with that vulnerability Mm -hmm. first is definitely, um, it's definitely a best practice. Let me ask you a question, and I probably should know the answer to this, but um, do you have a uh, a guide or one pager that will help women um, broach like the the conversation of naming their naming your fears at the beginning of a gathering? Um, yes, I ahead. certainly do. If you go to lovemadden.com. Um, and you click on, on the homepage, I think it says dig in, there's a starter kit. Um, but I, I will put the, um, direct link in the show notes as well. Um, but it's start here on the website. So start here in the top Mm -hmm. navigation, it'll take you to a set of guides. The first guide is kind of a pre-decisional guide about like, what Mm -hmm. is a love matting gathering? Do I even want to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a guide that helps Mm -hmm. you before you can get into that flow of connecting with others to kind of think through some mm-hmm. of the benefits. Um, there's a preparation guide, which is kind of what are the things that you need to do to prep? Super easy because that's where a lot of people were getting stuck. They wanted to participate, oh, but they didn't want to host. Um, and then there's the day of guide, which includes some very practical ways to talk about naming your fears. Um, it has a wheel with all of the different sort of core fears and core emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some places where you can kind of rate how you're feeling. So if you don't have the language for it, you can very quickly do that. And 
It's something that each woman does individually. So you don't have to share it. And then once you've done it within and of yourself, you Mm -hmm. can decide whether or not you want to share your rating. So you can be honest with yourself first, which is, which is tough Mm -hmm. for a lot of us. And then you can kind of go in with the other person and it works not just with women, but with um, couples. Like we use the guys with our couples gatherings and they, they work well there as well. Glad I asked. I yes, asked yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, where are we in our outline? Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. What is a personal lesson that you have learned um, as it relates to getting better acquainted with your fears? Um, I think I just answered this one about name, like nipping it in the bud and just like naming it, acknowledging it and nipping okay. it in the bud. Um, I think th- that's really the the lesson that I've learned, like I said, most recently. Um, but I also think it's something that you said earlier, the longer you avoid, the longer you stay on the hamster wheel. So it's better to just get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. And and make some progress. Are there things um, that we can do to help one another, not just me and you, but one another in the more general sense, mm-hmm. to feel mm-hmm. more comfortable with getting off the hamster wheel? Because sometimes I feel like, um, actually, now it's coming to me. The other one of the other core fears is a fear of judgment. Sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like that one is like it makes it difficult to even name your fears if your core fear is a fear of judgment mm-hmm. because you're worried about what others would think. And sometimes we even judge ourselves quite as it's Mm -hmm. kept. So like, are there things that we can do to create safe spaces that people even feel comfortable sort of naming their fears? And I talked about what that looks like in a gathering or more of a formal setting, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. thoughts about that in just our everyday lives. I think what opens the door for that is really just listening like so often when we're having conversations with our family or our friends we are um listening to Mm -hmm. respond versus like truly providing a space for people to you know be open and and free with their um with their Mm -hmm. thoughts so I do think that um purposeful listening is a gateway um to helping people feel more comfortable naming their fears. I also think it's okay to explicitly say, and I know this can be hard because like your friends can be like, I'm not judging you. But then in the back of your mind, you're thinking this girl is a judgy (laughs) bee and she's going to judge me anyway. Even if I say, even if she says to me, girl, Mm -hmm. I'm not judging. But I think it's important to lead with that Mm. as well. Um, and, and be authentic and genuine with it. Right. Um, we all don't have the same, um, you know, values. We all don't have the same, um, like, mm-hmm. openness to things. And that's okay, right? At the end of the day, it's whatever makes the individual happy and comfortable and things like that. And so we just have to be be open to that and not be as closed-minded mm-hmm. so, um, to everything that's going on so in the world. So communicating right? that, to, like telling the person that yes. you're open to that. Gotcha. Yes. And you have mm-hmm. to show it, right? Because words are Just part of empty. it. Right. Can be mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. be empty. Um, it's really the action um that, you know, is required to really start to bring down those yeah. walls. And I, I think that's really good. And I'm kind of thinking as we're talking through this, Mm -hmm. just having another thought on just what that communication looks like. So just saying to that person, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I'm not judging you or I won't judge you or this is a safe Mm -hmm. space. And then also maybe giving them permission to say, hey, even if you don't tell me, here's a question that I'm posing for you to consider on your Mm -hmm. own. Because Tanil and I will do that sometimes. Like we'll say, well, what are you, what's holding you back? And then we might say something like, you know, think about it or we don't have to talk Mm -hmm. about it right now, but like what's really going on? Yeah. So like how can you challenge someone in love to, mm-hmm. I think by just saying it, you're giving them permission. And then by saying you don't have to say it right now also right takes now. that judgment pressure mm-hmm. off of them. Right. And it allows them to do it in their mm-hmm. own time, um, which I think is good. And it um, makes them feel yeah. safer, like circling yeah, back. it can be awkward or uncomfortable. It's like when someone buys you a gift. Some people like to open it right in front of the person. Some people like to open it in private because. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Even if they like it, some people are not going to give you all the whatever. And then it makes an awkward moment. So I think giving our friends permission to operate how they operate verbally and then not kind of circling back and making them feel a way afterward um, is how we can support mm. one another through this. You know, and this goes back, I think this is helps in naming fears. It's a little mm-hmm. bit off topic, but I also think that we should start feeling more comfortable just being like totally honest with the people we love. Like I, when you would just mention something as simple mm-hmm. as a gift, I started thinking to myself, if there was something that mm-hmm. someone gave me that mm-hmm. I really didn't like, what would you do? Would I you say wouldn't. that? I know, but mm, maybe I should. Well- so this is, we're going to unpack a whole nother thing. <laughs> you know those little posters? But is that ungrateful? <laughs> you know those like, posters they be having in, like, I think they have them in children's classrooms about, like, think before you speak. Is it true? Is it necessary? <laughs> is it kind? I don't remember what H and I stand for. Is it honest? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Ma'am. You just, they got you a gift. They didn't have to. We should do a whole episode on entitlement because... The way I have two friends right now who are um, planning bachelorette parties for friends. I'm also in a wedding right now, but it's Mm -hmm. been easy breezy. Um, But I have two friends who are planning bachelorette parties for friends. And the level of expectation around what it needs to look like, what it needs to be, where it needs to be. And I was saying to them, like, this is a gift. A gift is just something that you receive. No, you don't agree. We can have this conversation another Girl. day. It's like, nah, it is, it is a gift. No, it's a gift. But then I started thinking to myself, this is kind of sounds super Say selfish. Uh. So I was having a conversation with mm-hmm. one of my girlfriends um, who uh, is trying mm-hmm. to get pregnant. And she was like, oh, you know, we could be potentially pregnant mm-hmm. at the same time. And then I you was like, Girl, oh, uh, okay. Girl, it's fine. But I'm like, this it sounds so selfish. You guys, I'm really a nice person. I was like, don't be skimping on my (laughs) celebrations because your pregnant (laughs) ass is walking around here with morning sickness and and this and that. Do not skimp. I think. So it's a, there's a line. I think that there is, it's good to operate in truth and honesty with our friends. Like I think it's fine to say what it is that you desire, 
But there is a line. Like for my shower. No, there is a line. I knew that I wanted a rainbow theme for my shower because of everything. And Mm -hmm. she's our precious rainbow baby. Mm -hmm. So I said that. But then I didn't have anything to do with the execution. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. No, That's that's not not who you are. But Um, those people exist. They're alive and well. Yeah, no, they do exist. That is stressful. I'm on here telling, not really telling somebody's business because y'all don't know these people, but um, there is a, a lady mm-hmm. that I know. Her daughter um, is having a baby and the daughter gave like a very detailed list of everything that she wanted at this shower, like where it was going to be, what, you know, what kind of tables and chairs not she wanted. She don't have the the girl don't have not a and, dime and that and here ding, ding, and then ding, she's ding. expecting her she's expecting her mother to like spend twenty thousand oh. dollars on a baby shower like and for what for Instagram for, like I'm just Instagram. over it okay so let's loop this back into what we're talking about is that a fear based <laughs> response is being a control freak. Or a micromanager, a fear-based response. I have read that people with control issues are often people with um, high levels of anxiety. And they feel like if they can control it, then it can be, they, they can It'll have more control right over the outcome. It so it's deeper than outcome. just the, it being right or looking away, but yeah. it's about the constant yeah. need for, if I can control the outcome, then I'm less scared of what what things look like. And it can show up in big ways, but it can also show up in little mm. ways that become almost like microaggressions over time. Mm. That's, that's what, that's a yeah. fear. I do think, I do think that's a fear. Mm. Yeah. Fear of unmet expectations or something like that. I don't know. What the, what is that word? Yeah. It's, it's something I, I would have to do a bit, a little bit more thinking what about that, what, which fear category that falls like what you into. Name it. Yeah. yeah. It definitely has to do with, yeah. A, like not being able to relinquish. Well, relinquish because we can't control the outcome and people are mm-hmm. fear of the unknown. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. If we don't, if I don't know what the outcome is going to be, then I'm scared of it. If I know what the outcome is going to be because I control it, then I have a little bit less fear because mm-hmm. I know what I'm getting myself into. And I feel like that fear of the unknown um, can hamper us from doing a lot of things that, is that we want to do. Back to, I think we're talking on episode two about dating and what you were saying about mm-hmm. expectation being the enemy. It's like, yeah. yeah, that that fear of the unknown, I think it can show up in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, next question. What do you, were you about to say something? Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought I saw you. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought the people can't I know, see I, me. I thought that I wanted to squeeze out every drop of goodness. Sometimes you'll, you have a little oh, gem okay. and I didn't want to, I want to fly by and you'd be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. I'm uh-huh. good. Thank so, you. what do you want women to know? about um, acknowledging the fears in their own lives or our listeners. I will say this. We've had some feedback um, over the last couple of weeks from some of our male listeners. And I know we're very sort of women centric, um, mm-hmm. but shout out to the guys. The information it, it, it applies to applies. everyone, right? So what do we want our listeners to know about acknowledging um, the fears in their own lives? Like if you just had a takeaway for this episode, um, something that they could implement, a practice that they could start with, you know, after listening to this, what would it be? 
I would say um, name and acknowledge in mm. the moment. Don't let it uh, fester. Um, and again, I think it just has, it goes back to something that I've just experienced where as soon as I feel it mm-hmm. bubbling up, I name it, I acknowledge it, and then I can move past it. And I think holding on to the fear is really what is keeping us from showing up as our best selves, from doing the things that, you know, we're called to do. Um, Because the sooner you name it and acknowledge it, the sooner you can work through it. And honestly, sometimes you can work through it in five minutes with, uh, you know, release Mm -hmm. and cry, or it may take a week or two weeks or whatever. I'm not saying that it's instantaneous, but the the moment you can name, acknowledge it and begin the work on it, the sooner you'll get to the other side. So um, as soon as you start feeling it bubbling up, just go ahead, name it, write it down, scream it, whatever mm-hmm. you need to do so that you can start the path to yeah. um, walking, yeah. healing and walking through that fear. Because the fear is going to be there. We, all, we mm-hmm. always said that. The fear is not going anywhere. But it's what you do with it um, so that you can, you know, move on to the other side and get through it and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Do it scared, Mm -hmm. as we said on the first. Yeah. And that even applies like in therapy when they say it doesn't work unless you do. Like if you're not going in there Mm -hmm. and being honest with the person, which is really yourself, because at the end of the day, that person's Mm -hmm. just a guide, then you're not going to you're not going to be successful. Um, So Mm -hmm. you're sitting there paying two hundred dollars an hour to fake the funk. Um, okay. So for me, I would say the biggest, uh, sort of takeaway or piece of advice that I would have would be redefining what if. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Redefining the what if. Um, usually when we ask the question, what if we're going to a worst case scenario? Um, but Mm -hmm. what if it turns out good? What if he's the Mm -hmm. one? What if this uh, new boss or supervisor, you know, actually turns out to be an advocate for you on the job? Mm-hmm. What if your business succeeds? What if that idea that you have takes off? Um, mm-hmm. What if things get better? You know, so th- I think that we can really, by redefining the what if, we can mm-hmm. take a better hold of our fears. Because oftentimes the fears yes. are based in the what if. So by redefining the what if, it can give us you know, more of an opportunity to really learn about our fears. That's really good. Yeah. I think that's so mm-hmm. important um, to just change your mm-hmm. mindset. Um, Cause you're, you're right. So often we go to what if insert mm-hmm. negative mm-hmm. thought here, but you, we can definitely say, what if insert positive thought as the first, our first line of defense versus uh, the negative. Yeah. The and negative. especially like you talk about, your fertility journey, that 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 redefining mm-hmm. what if has been a major tool for me on my own fertility journey. Like mm-hmm. um, I have not had success with any of my naturally conceived pregnancies, but mm-hmm. every time that I fall pregnant, I still um, am intentional about approaching that with what if this is, what if this is the time where it's successful. Mm -hmm. That's not what the odds say. That's not what my experience says. It doesn't mean that I don't have a fear, but instead of ruminating Mm -hmm. in the fear of something negative and expecting something negative to happen, you know, why, why wouldn't I take the opportunity to at least acknowledge that something positive can happen? Um, So that's been an important tool for me. And it helps us from what you call the rabbit hole or the spiral 
it helps us from mm-hmm. ruminating on uh, those negative thoughts sort of over and o- over again. It kind of breaks that pattern or cycle of negative yes. thinking. Um, and it can be applied across the board. So that's mine. That's my answer. Love it. All right. If there is one way that you can apply this mm-hmm. practice um, in the very near future in mm. your own life, what would it be? So this is something that I'm pretty conscious about trying to do in my own life already. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that there are times where I kind of um, slip away from it. So mm-hmm. I would say as it relates to leveling up and scaling uh, a Love Madden and the mm-hmm. launching of the Love Goods Company and all of the things that are required around that, um, mm-hmm. I think think that I have a fear of success. And that's another one of the five is fear of failure slash fear of success. I don't, even when I think about like, oh my gosh, what if I'm thinking positive, I'm thinking and believing that I'll be successful, but I am Mm -hmm. nervous about that. You know, how will that change my life? You know, can I continue to work on this job that I have? What will that mean for financial stability? When would I make the decision around, when to kind of let that go and move into the next, you know, what what will my calendar look like? Like when you see what entrepreneurship looks like up close and personal um, and what success looks like up close and personal, it can be scary. Yeah, it can be Mm -hmm. scary. So um, I think one for me is, yes, I'm thinking positively and believing and Um, I've been very affirmed by our community and encouraged. So thank you all. I feel like I am on the right path and my feet are, you know, on the right track. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think acknowledging what my fears are and spending a little bit more time, um, less time just moving forward and getting it done and more time really acknowledging my feelings around this season and this stretching and what that looks Mm -hmm. like. So I think that's... Business is one place that I could apply it that I probably don't do it as well. What about you? How can you apply this practice like in the very near future? So for me, it would be in the career space. Um, I am taking some active steps to figure out what um, I want my career pivot to look like. And you've all heard me talk about this before. Um, And I haven't really made any movement on it because I was... I guess a little complacent and um, fearful of the unknown. Like I have this, you know, good, flexible Mm -hmm. job. And what happens if I go to the next place and it's not as flexible and, you know, just being like stuck or feeling like you have to stay somewhere because of benefits and things like that. So there was just all these things that were kind of keeping me um, at a particular place. And now I'm ready to push past the fear of the unknown and, um, you know, explore other options. Because on the other side, there could be, you know, three months fully compensated mm-hmm. maternity leave. There mm-hmm. could be, you know, 100% mm-hmm. remote working, which I'm already doing now, but that, but I'm just giving if, examples. What if, it, what if it's even like, better? Yeah, what if, it, what if it's mm-hmm. even better? What if it comes with an expense mm-hmm. account or, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to travel to all of these luxury hotels that Ooh. I want to go to? I don't know. That was just something I'm just throwing out in the atmosphere Throw in out. case. Throw it out in the, in the metaverse. Uh, you, <laughs> in the metaverse. <laughs> right. I'm staying at all the luxury hotels I can't mm-hmm. afford in the metaverse because I don't have to use real money to do it. No, but I you mean, have to use the on. NFTs. 
I, and that's something else that I don't. <laughs> we're not okay, going we're back not down this this discussion. We're not right going here. back down this road. But anyway, um, so what I'm doing is. I guess the active step is just pushing through the fear. Um, so I've set up a um, a meeting with a career Thank strategist you. as my nice. first step. Yes, I have have that meeting um, coming up in a few weeks. And then I'll be doing just like a whole rebranding of my professional brand so that I can start, um, you know, pushing that out in the world and see where it lands me. So I think the, the practice is pushing, pushing mm-hmm. through. Love that. All right. Any final thoughts on naming our fears? Like I said, I'm going to share. There are a couple. I was thinking as we were talking, um, when we talked about intentional listening, I had a a small mm-hmm. little tool that people could use. It's like on my Pinterest, um, if you are on Pinterest, because on Instagram, all that stuff like goes away. Um, but I also away. have mm-hmm. the fear, um, and we talked about it being in the gathering guide, but I also have like a graphic, like a sort of an infographic around the different fear categories. So maybe if I yes. can do this before the show airs, um, I can put like a repository of some of those tools and graphics up on the mm-hmm. website so that they can live somewhere people can always find them. But mm-hmm. I can definitely uh, post them to social, refresh them on social as well. Um Because I think ultimately naming our fears is always going to whittle down to one of those major buckets. And so I think it's important to know Mm -hmm. what they are. I think we've, I think we ended up naming about four of them over the course of the episode. So you can call a thing a thing like my girl. Call it what it is. So, (laughs) and, and learn about your fears, study them. I think Mm -hmm. that would be another closing Mm -hmm. thought. I think, you know, knowing what it is Mm -hmm. and calling it what it is, is one thing, but like, really studying and getting deeper, like digging deeper, um, is healing. These things don't have power over us. And when we talk about, you know, the, the grounding piece again, it's when you, when you feel that fear coming up, it's telling yourself like right now I am safe in my body. I am safe. Um, I am, I am okay. I am all right. All is well. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. that act, that exercise of really digging into our fears, um, Mm -hmm. can bring up some emotions where we kind of feel the fear in that moment. And the tricky thing with fear is like, you'll have that physiological response thinking about it, sweaty palms and Mm -hmm. heart rate. So I think it's important. That's why we do the Mm -hmm. grounding piece first to pair Mm -hmm. the grounding exercise with the work around our fear. And um, to have a guide or a partner in that, like a therapist, is very helpful Mm -hmm. um, because it can help you to untangle those things in a way that is more meaningful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. Go to the throne. Go to the throne. Go to the rock. I go to the rock. You can go to the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rest in peace, Whitney. Uh, I've I've been giving so many shout outs to Whitney, like all over different podcasts. But this year, I think, was the 10 year anniversary of Whitney's death. I remember exactly where I was. Me too. And uh, that's all I'll tell you about this offline. That's a whole nother conversation. I was like, oh my gosh, 10 years ago, I was moving to Chicago for work. Like the weekend Whitney died, I was there looking for a place to live. And I think two or three weeks later, I was in Chicago, but neither here nor there. But how, 
Funny how time flies. We found out Whitney died, came on the radio. We were just pulling up and for, I was getting ready to meet some of uh, um, Lewis's family as the, mm. the new girlfriend. And we were like pulling up and then I heard Whitney died and I was like, I can't go in here and present myself to these people. <laughs> what? Get yourself together, it, it girl. Like a wonderful talking point. It took some of the, like, we were all like, did you hear? Yeah. And I could just jump right on in at the table, <laughs> at the crabs table. Um, all right. Let's, let's go to the rock. Um, yes. God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much for this, um, podcast for this opportunity to be in um, community with um, these women and men for the opportunity to share some of the things that you have imparted on us and also to be open about our own experiences. Um, it, we know that it's healing for us uh, in terms of having a release and being in community with others. And we pray that it is healing for those who are listening, God. We thank you, Lord, that you did not give us a spirit of fear and that your word says that um, we can cast our fears on you. We can cast our anxiety on you because you care for us, Lord. So thank you for um, the truth and the knowledge that um, we were not created to be fearful, but also the acknowledgement that when we do have fear, we have a place to put it. God, help us to be um, courageous enough to spend the time doing the work of naming our fears. Uh, bring us the people that we would need to help us through our healing process, whether that is friends, partners, family members, a therapists, a spiritual guidance, Lord God. Use tools like podcasts and books and conversations, God, to help us through. Um, impart your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we would feel the guidance on next steps and how to continue to take steps down this journey of healing um, that we are all on, God. We ask that you would keep us from week to week until we meet again. Um, we glorify you and we honor you. You are such a wonderful God, and we're just so grateful to be in covenant with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Rest bye. in peace, Wiggy. What was her nickname? <laughs> Wiggy Houston. <laughs> no, she had a, no, she had a nickname. Oh, oh. Nip Nipsey. Nip no. Was it Nipsey? Definitely or was Nipsey? a Nipsey. <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Love Madden, the podcast. Like what you've heard? Show us some love and follow or subscribe. Then leave a five-star rating and review. Yes, and there's plenty more where this came from. Check out the show notes, download the online guide, and keep the conversation going over at lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N episode of Love Madden, the podcast, is brought to you by our friends at Tap Tap Send, the fast and easy way to send money across the world, now operating in Ethiopia. I recently used it and the money was transferred almost instantly with no fees. Try it for yourself. Download the app Tap Tap Send in your app store and then use the promo code Love Madden to get 10 extra US dollars to send to your family or friends back home.